0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text is one verse from the first lesson, Acts 16. I read again verse 10. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Paul saw a vision in the night, and yet the call to preach the gospel in Macedonia was not for him alone. The supernatural appeal of the vision has the immediate effect of drawing Paul's companions, including Luke the narrator, into the story as participants. The narrative up to this point, you know, has been all in the third person. It's referred to Paul and Peter and Barnabas and all the rest. He went to such and such a place, and they did this and that. But immediately after Paul's vision of the Macedonian call, there is an abrupt change without comment, without explanation, to the first person plural. We concluded... What the vision meant. God wanted us to preach the gospel. We made the voyage. We stayed in the city for several days. We went outside on the Sabbath because we expected to find worshipers there. Lydia, the convert, urged us and finally prevailed upon us to stay with her. This text is the first place in the book of Acts where Uh, The first person plural pops out in this surprising way. As you might imagine, as you might even be aware, there is an extensive and complex scholarly world of theories, debate, and interpretations surrounding this and the other we passages. Whole books have been written, but take heart graduate students, there are probably even more PhD dissertations waiting to be written on this very subject. And yet nearly all of those theories and all of that debate seems to end up being a series of arguments about what we can or cannot know about Luke, or whoever this or that critic thinks wrote the book, but we can or cannot know about Luke based on how he does or doesn't use the word we. Read enough commentaries on the book of Acts and you get the impression that the author is playing an elaborate game of hide and seek with his readers. But this isn't about Luke. So let's think about this another way. If you were translating this story about Paul's vision and the spread of the gospel into Macedonia, into some of the languages of the world, you would have a very important decision to make because those languages force you to be clear about something that English is not clear about. Uh, This is true because many languages, Fula in West Africa or Chechen in the Caucasus or... Tagalog, or Quechua or Shawnee or Vietnamese, all those are examples of languages that do this, make a clear distinction. They use different words when saying we, when I am including you, as the person who is listening, the person to whom I'm speaking, and a different word when I say we, meaning me and these other guys, but not you. There's an inclusive we, we meaning you and me in this together, and we meaning me and these other guys, but not you. That's the exclusive we. So if you were translating this story from Acts into one of those languages, you would have to decide whether to use an exclusive we, To indicate that the author and Paul and maybe some others did something that did not include you, the reader. Or whether maybe you should use an inclusive we that would put, that would pull the readers into the story as part of the narrative. Okay, you're thinking, that's kind of interesting. Or maybe not so much. After all, we don't speak Tagalog, or Quechua, and we're not here to translate the book of Acts into good idiomatic Vietnamese. Perhaps not, but neither are we here, neither do we listen to this story, Paul's story, Luke's story, the church's story, in order to hold it at arm's length and subject it to objective scrutiny. In short, this is not about somebody else's call. This is about God deciding that those people need our help. This is about God calling us, inclusive us, to preach the gospel to them. What people? Where? Well, for many of you, Those are pretty easy questions now. A lot easier than they were a couple of weeks ago. About two weeks ago, you got an envelope. And now God's call to you has a real live zip code and a glorious specificity. That is part of this story now, too. We concluded that God had called us To preach the gospel in Schenectady and East Peoria and O'Fallon and Boca Raton and Gilbert and Juno and all those other places which are more real now to our hearts and minds because God has put them on our hearts and minds. God is pulling us into his story and so This is part of our story, inclusive our, yours and mine, together. Also today, as we observe milestones of service in this place, because we have concluded that God has called us, and that's an inclusive us, meaning you, too, to help in this place in so many ways and for so many years. This is not somebody else's story. It's not about somebody else's calling. Because those people and these people need our help, your help. They need to hear and then hear again and again a word of forgiveness from God. They need someone to help keep them close to Christ. They need an act of kindness. They need a willing hand and a sharp mind. And sometimes they need some help figuring out what's going on in their lives and in their families and in the messed up world around them. They need, we need, all the words God has given you to speak and the acts of service, large and small, that God has given you the ability to do. You and I, we, inclusive, need that help, need that gospel word of Jesus as much as anybody. Somewhere along the line, I don't remember when they didn't consult me, People before us concluded that God had called them to preach the gospel to us. And so they did. And God called others before them, and still others before them. It's a wonderful story. It's our story, reaching back to Paul and to Luke and back to a crucified and risen Lord Jesus Christ who still runs the whole shebang. But don't stop with all that wonderful third-person narrative. Let Luke's first-person plural pull you in. This is our story, because in his unfathomable mercy... God has called us in Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.